Welcome back to the Intermission Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Smitanka, and welcome to the 2021-22 UEFA Champions League Group Stage Recap, along with a preview of what's to come in the round of 16. Today, we've got quite a panel joining me today, the usual voices of Maurizio Ponce and Julian Quintero. How are you guys? I'm good, man. How's that? All good. Julian, you? Everything been great, honestly. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Nice little Champions League matchups. we got a lot of interesting things to talk about, so uh, I'm excited. Perfect. And we've also got a newcomer to the football podcast, Mihir Kore. You've seen a lot of his articles from IP on our page. Uh, welcome, Mihir. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me, actually. This awesome. is uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty new experience. So, yeah, let's get right yeah. into it. Yeah, the more the merry. We'd love to have you. So, to start off, I guess we'll just go right in. Uh, lots of groups to go through, lots of teams, 16 teams that have qualified, a lot of great matchups, a lot of highlights, a lot of low lights. We're going to talk low lights. <laughs> We're going to talk about them throughout the whole podcast. Let's just start with Group A. Man City, PSG, RB Leipzig, and Club Bruges. This is quite. This is one of the most exciting groups from the beginning, just because of the big, you know, Man City and PSG lineup. What did you guys think of it? How how did you guys uh, get on with it, Maurizio? Man, honestly, it was a really interesting group. You know, Man City and PSG both took uh, wins from each other, as expected. You know, those were going to be fairly even games. With they've had a uh, matchups in the Champions League before. You know, it's going to be electrifying. Uh, a team I want to highlight, though, is RB Leipzig. You know, they performed pretty well, but they still – you can't really you, – you're not going to have a, a good time when you have Man City and PSG in your group. Mm-hmm. But uh, they still took points from both of them. You know, they played really nice, and Kunku really stepped up in the, in the group stage, showed everyone what he was about, especially his parent club – well, his old parent club, PSG, where he was in the academy. You know. uh, they had some really, really entertaining young ballers, man. Uh, Soboslai is one of my favorites, the Hungarian uh, international. Mm. Uh, Angelino contributing a lot from left back. He's a really good player. Yeah, X-Man City player. Uh, really turning up. Ex- exactly. Uh, Club Bruges, we, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone expected they were going to be kind of the whipping dogs in this group. You can't really hold them on that when you've got mm. a bunch of uh, heavyweights in this group. But uh, yeah, Man City really, really had a good showing in the, in the, in the group stage, man. Uh, 18 goals scored. And 10 conceded, they won four and lost two. Mares stepped up big with five goals. They mm-hmm. got goals from everywhere. Hey, Zeus contributing three. Grealish and Foden have been really nice. Uh, Cole Palmer, I think his name is, the new youngster, has been really, mm-hmm. really interesting uh, to watch. Cancelo from right back has looked. From, uh, from he's been, back he's looked. been one of the best right backs this so entire he's been, season. He's been playing on both sides. He's really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, Top to bottom, they're just class. You know, even the fact that they don't have a out and out like designated striker doesn't seem to be slowing them down. You know, they're getting goals from around the around the pitch. So, mm-hmm. what about the likes of De Bruyne not showing up this season in the Champions League? No goals, nor assists. Neither with Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, who's actually played pretty decently. But uh, yeah, Mahir, like, what do you what do you, what do you think about that? You know, the thing is, like, De Bruyne obviously was injured in Champions League final, and uh, that was a disaster for City because they ended up losing it. But I feel like this season as well, he's not been the same since then, I feel, you know. Euros, I think he was pretty decent. But coming back now, he's not like the De Bruyne we all know, you know. He's been very quiet. Bernardo Silva has been outperforming him in the Premier League as well as the Champions League. Uh, even Foden actually has been outperforming him this season so far. So, you know, everyone loves De Bruyne because he's such a great, great player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Foden's, really take, yeah. Foden's really taken up that De Bruyne spot, though. He seems to be mm-hmm. a lot more involved, and Mara is absolutely turning up as well. Weird that that whole discussion against uh, Fernandez and De Bruyne. 
who was better in the Champions League. It's looking like Fernandez, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. But uh, yeah, well, more so for the fact that P- we're talking, we'll, we'll talk about PSG now, but Messi not really turning up in Liga and only getting one goal so far, but scoring five um, in this group stage lineup. Mbappe obviously being the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the out and out, you know, playmaker goal scorer, four goals, four assists. And, and with that, with that midfield lineup of uh, Verratti, Herrera, Paredes, along with uh, per, uh, Pereira as well, uh, it's it's quite it's quite an impressive lineup. Ramos obviously has been injured; he hasn't been able to to debut in the Champions League. But you know, in this round of sixteen against his former club Real Madrid, which we'll also get to, it's we'll we'll, we'll see what's going on. But uh, Julian, you have some uh, comments about Club Bruges. I do. Wow, would you look <laughs> at that? Who wants to talk about Club Bruges? The answer yeah. is me why because i'm gonna be honest i don't really think no but um the reason why is because i want to highlight the one aspect that they really came out hot when it came to the start of the champions league season um they were paired up i think they had the most unlucky draw psg being champions league favorites along with man city and you have a team like leipzig that is so talented and sadly got i think leipzig might be one of the teams that got screwed over the largest especially based off the other teams in this group but Club Rouge, you know, they were going in being like, okay, maybe we can scrap if we get one of the weaker groups and everything. And then they get put into, hey, we're giving you the two teams that are literally run by countries and the team that's run by Red Bull. Yeah. Have fun. Like, like it's going to be tough for them. <laughs> Money-driven clubs. But, it's I mean, to be 100% be fair to them, they did come out strong. They tied 1-1 with PSG to start off. And then they beat Leipzig 2-1 to start off their campaigns. And then from there, everything just kind of fell apart. 5-1 loss, yeah. 4-1 loss, 5-0 loss, 4-1 loss. It was not looking pretty for them. So obviously it didn't pan out. But the one thing I do want to point out is I do want to give a shout out specifically to Mats Ritz, which is a player on their team. He's 28 years old, along with Hans Vonneken, who is 29. Uh, those were the only players that scored goals for, yeah, for Club Bruges during the Champions League campaign. Ritz got two goals. Mm-hmm. Vonneken got three goals. And uh, I want to give them some respect because none of the girls were penalties. They were all open play and everything. So a lot of respect to them in that aspect. I could see them potentially having a move, but these guys have only played in the Netherlands and Belgium their entire career. Mm-hmm. I think that a team, whether it be in the championships, it's looking for a push or a team that's trying to survive in the Prem, they could definitely sign them at least for a short-term stint to solve a problem because Vonneken's been amazing in Belgium for a couple of years now, can score a lot of goals. Mats rates can definitely provide as well. It's a very minor thing, obviously, especially because you know you don't see a ton about of them because you don't see coverage about Belgium that very often and everything but they've been very solid for Bruges I think it might be time for a team to kind of take a shot at them especially a team that's trying to mm-hmm. maintain and, themselves. and shout out Mignolet uh, Simon <laughs> big fella Simon. <laughs> yeah and speaking of uh, Mignolet's old club well, I guess we'll just move on to group B then Liverpool Atletico Porto and AC Milan the group of death that many many predicted <laughs> but un, but unsurprisingly in that group Liverpool coming out on top winning six of all six games Mohamed Salah absolutely turning up this season and the other teams really just battling for that second place spot because it was just it was up for grabs for any of them uh Maurizio do you have any comments about your your club firstly I just want to say we are the first English club to win all six games of the Champions League. I feel like that deserves a mention because yeah, we have yeah, been sure. amazing. Group of death, never heard of it. 17 goals scored in six games and six goals conceded. That's one goal a game conceded. That is absolutely ridiculous. The defensive uh, depth of uh, Virgil van Dijk, Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, uh, Fonate, 
we have a a dedicated unit at the back right now, and it's really, really starting to gel. Konate, touching on literally the game that he just played yesterday against Newcastle, he has really stepped up when it counts. Whenever he gets minutes, he makes sure he's going to do his best. Mohamed Salah, like we mentioned, seven goals in the group stage. Uh, another player I want to mention is uh, Thiago Alcantara. He's been immense in that midfield. He's looking, he's he's looking real comfortable now. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold always creating from right, but he loves to go. He likes to push in in that six and eight role just to create more. He has the freedom. Um, Klopp has just turned us into a well-oiled machine. We this is not. I'm not going to say this is what I expect, but it. It kind of is because we've just been absolutely immense. It's really, it's really, really, really nice to watch. And uh, I don't want to be biased or anything, but you know we're gonna win the thing. So. Okay, biased, but we're gonna wreck everyone. You know, it's, that's what we do. Like. That's Maurizio's prediction. There you go. But and we'll, we'll talk to the we'll talk about the team in second that also qualified Atletico seven goals they scored and they they conceded eight barely getting past with with one, two wins one draw losing three Griezmann actually turning up for his former club with four goals not really getting that many goals but still getting you know the the, the performances that they want to get out of the club the the the, the points that they that they want um but yeah what do you guys think do you think Atletico are really gonna be like a team to the team to watch going into the round of 16 me here uh honestly no i don't think they have what it takes because if you see maybe they can do well in the champions league in the group stages but they just don't have the juice no more <laughs> mm-hmm. if you see in the league right they, they're just not the team anymore they're getting battered by small teams they're losing they you know yeah. losing leads defensively atletico this season have been shambolic and like oblak and just the entire defense it's not been it's just not been performing at their best. And uh, I don't know if it's the team's fault or if it's, uh, you know, the manager's fault, Simeon, because... Uh, yeah, he's been the there for so years, long. Be- exactly. And he was so good the past few years. And now, I think since last season, after they won, he just they just seem off, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to do well. And no so, goals yeah. for Joao Felix in this group stage either. And Suarez only with one. Griezmann being the only one that was actually the outstanding goal scorer for the club. Correa as well. So many attackers, so many attacking talents that could potentially get goals, and they've just been lacking them on all fronts. They might be due to the, you know, the, the teams of Porto and Milan also being, you know, pretty good squads in general. Um, but yeah, J- Julian, what do you what do you have to, to say? Yeah, the obviously Atletico's not been great in their in their aspects and everything, but the fact that they still came out on this group and we had a lot of people talking about Porto potentially making a run for that second slot, potentially AC Milan, especially after their past season in Italy, they were like, Oh, Milan is back. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna make noise and everything. The fact that they were still able to creep out of this group, despite their flaws and everything uh, necessarily, will they make a run in the champions league? I don't think so, but they're definitely not a team you can count out. Um, Especially with, I mean, we'll talk obviously Champions League draw and, their opposition next, but uh, with a team like Man United that has been so topsy-turvy this season to whether they'll be really good or really poor, um, you could definitely see Atletico take advantage of that. It's only two games back and forth, so mm-hmm. we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Atletico, but then again, we've seen in the Champions League a lot of teams barely performing in the group stages and then somehow going far uh, in the knockouts. But uh, yeah, and I, you know, like Liverpool, there are two other squads that managed to to do um, to do pretty good. 
And, uh, and one of those teams is in the next group. We'll move on to group C for now. Um, Ajax, Sporting, Dortmund, Besiktas, another similar type of groups uh, as the one we just spoke about. Um, not being like any clubs that are, of course, like the top of the top in Europe, but still decent squads all around. And Ajax being probably the best team that has performed in this group stage so far, winning again all six of their games. Sebastian Haller being the top scorer with 10 goals, including three assists. Players like Anthony Neres, Tadic, Gravenberch, all these young talents that are just coming out and being uh, like just stars. Uh, 20 goals scored in their entire campaign, only conceding five, less than a goal per game. Are they are they a team to be reckoned with? Honestly, everybody should be scared to come up against Ajax. The attacking football they have showcased in this Champions League group stage has been bar none exceptional. Like you said earlier, 20 goals scored and five conceded. That sounds ridiculous. That's over six games. Mm-hmm. Like you said, also, Sebastian Allaire, he has been a man possessed this year in the Champions League. Ten goals and three assists already. Mind you, they did play uh, qualifiers, so that does add to the goal tally, but still, he has been scoring consistently. Um, and uh, another player I really want to highlight who's been amazing and is really bringing that flair on the wing is Anthony. Uh, the young Brazilian, he's been immense on that right wing. He loves to just drive, create, silky on the ball. He loves to just fucking – the reason I love this match is because they play football like they're just playing the game. They're not playing it because it's their job. They're not playing it because of this or whatever. They're, 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 their ultimate motive is they just want to get on the field and show what they're about. It's really, really nice to see um, – uh, Neres, Tadish, Berghouse, uh, Timber yeah. in the back. They have just a Newly really transferred good transfer. Yeah, that was a really good transfer, especially from their arch rivals, Feyenoord. They have a really, really nice team. Yeah. Uh, another yeah. one more player I want to mention real quick uh, Edson Alvarez in the midfield. He's been really, really good holding up players. Midfielders, giving them a good base. Players like Dragon Boots, go forward and create. They really are a force to be reckoned with. I think uh, whoever's playing, uh, whoever Ajax uh, has, well, we know we have, they have Benfica, but Benfica should not go into this one lightly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Julian. Okay, yeah. Um, firstly, Anthony, an absolute animal. Um, so, for those who know me, I am more so the international football guy. I really, pre- I mean, I prefer it myself, which is just an entirely different topic. But you know, if there's one thing that I can say from the Champions League team in Ajax is that Anthony will not be at Ajax next season. And that's just a fact. This kid has been amazing. His two goals and five assists is previously mentioned and everything during the Champions League group. But there's just something when, you know, a player is going to be special when the Brazilian national team that's been running through everyone in South America puts a lot of faith on this guy on the wing. I've not, they've, the way that Brazil's been playing recently, they've been having Neymar play a way more central role, a 10 role through the middle, so they can have Vinicius and Anthony running and flying down the wings. Like, that must tell you something of the talent that this kid has if Brazil's dominating the way they are, and the fact that he's coming to the forefront for that. And that's not even talking about the fact that he's playing in an Ajax team that might be the best offensive team in the Champions League. Granted, this is coming off purely statistically and how amazing they've been in the group stage. But that's just something that you can't discount in any way. So honestly, I want to I wanted to give that shout out to Anthony more than anything. All I know is that he will not be here the following season. 
Yeah. Where do you see him going though? If you, I mean, you're saying, I, I feel like he will leave, but where do you think he fits the best in the European giant teams? Which team do you think he fits the best in? Um, honestly, I feel like the best place for him will probably be somewhere mid-level in the Prem. I feel like that's the best way to go, at least for now. Granted, you might say, oh, then he won't get Champions League football or anything like that. But I just feel like if he takes that big move right out the gate and everything, he will not be ready and he's going to fall apart. Sorry. Yeah. That's um, all good. We This will get cut out. It's all good. Okay, I guess we'll continue. Um, I actually think that uh, just like the way Anthony plays and, and, and his skills and his dribbling and, and how agile he is, I don't think the Prem would be a good place for him to, to come. I feel like the physicality of the Prem might be something that will hinder his ability. Ajax plays such a quick passing, such a just a, a fast-paced you know, type of a, a yeah. attacking side. And I feel like Anthony could probably benefit by going to maybe like the Syria or, or even La Liga, you know, being La Liga, La Liga being another baller mm-hmm. from South America that could, you know, shine. We've seen Vinicius, we've seen Rodrigo, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. These, we also can't also just, you know, and while you're right about the, the, the Premier League being a different kind of physicality, you know, uh, I sometimes don't like to use that argument because, you know, you were never really going to know how someone's going to be able to step up to a challenge until exactly that so, is also yeah. true. And as we know, I, I'm an avid Premier League watcher. There's many players that are silky on the ball and focus on dribbling and still do what they have to do, despite having to come up against Ben Mee and, and Burnley and you know getting smashed on the floor for 90 minutes. You know they still, yeah you know, yeah. Regardless, at the end of the day, you know you got the ball at your feet. It's still the same game. I, yeah, that and, that is a, that is a good point. And um, with a player of his potential and how he's playing now, and like Julian mentioned earlier, for uh, for Brazil, how he's playing for Brazil, the sky's the limit for this kid. I, I really, really, really enjoy watching mm-hmm. him play football. That's one of those players where you watch him, but he plays out of pure joy. He plays with love. Yeah. So, yeah. You can see when someone actually likes and loves what they do because it comes out in the game. He's playing – he, he likes to – he's playing like he's playing with his friends on the local pitch, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's just doing stuff that you wouldn't expect someone at that I feel like that – I feel like the whole Ajax team radiates that type of energy, though. Like, I feel yeah. like they're, they're enjoying what they're doing out there. They're absolutely dominating teams. And, and one of those teams that I wanted to highlight, Dortmund's not qualifying for the round of 16, surprisingly – um, but out, but then like when you, when you narrow it down and, and, and you look at that, they only scored like 10 goals and, uh, and conceded 11 Holland only with three, along with, uh, uh, Daniel Milan and, and, and Royce, it's just, it's going to be surprised. It's, it was very surprising to me to see sporting, not, no offense to, of course, sporting, they have a lot of good players. Um, and speaking of sporting and to highlight that Julian, go ahead. Yeah, so Dortmund, obviously, they did not step up. I feel like one major thing, and I guess it's just the main thing that really showed for this Dortmund team is they rely very heavily on production from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Erling Braut-Haaland. He got hurt, and this team just felt like they could not play football. Um, and you can tell his injury really was what fueled this team. But the one thing that I do want to say is – we talk about passion when it comes to the sport and everything like that. Sporting definitely showed that. 
And mm-hmm. statistically, you can definitely see, I don't think they had a not entertaining game as a whole, whether it be them getting blown out or them blowing someone out or it just being a close affair. They scored 14 goals, which considering the fact that we, we thought they only scored six less than Ajax, which is obviously a big difference. They still scored 14 solid for Sporting there. And then you throw onto that, that they also conceded 12 a game, like 12 in general. And they were, mm-hmm. they're averaging two goals scored and two goals conceded a match. Like that, that's at least eventful. You're going to get some highlights out of games with Sporting. So that's something you can definitely cover. Um, Pedro Gonchalves, he definitely had a very, very solid one all around. Got to give, him, right there. Gotta mm-hmm. give him some love after this. And uh, I don't really have to cover a lot more apart from the fact that who knows what, what's going to be going on with Sporting. They obviously have a lot of people that are hurt. They have a lot of people that are going to be able to uh, have to step up if they really want to get going. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's very nice to see them in the next stage. I'm just very curious on what they're going to do and how they're going to approach it. Yeah, with an injury list with some of their like more prominent defenders and defending midfielders, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the round of 16. Um, will they make it further than that? It's hard to say. They barely like they like you said. There's a, there's a lot of good quality here, but I'm I'm not I'm not too sure. We're definitely gonna have to find out. So uh, to add to Dortmund, basically, I want to say is that uh, obviously it's not ideal for Dortmund to make it to Europa League, but because you know the, the the thing with Dortmund is that they're not a consistent team. They can do well, but you know you obviously with the likes of Haaland, Marlin, Royce, as well as you know Guerrero, uh, you do expect them to at least reach the round of sixteen. But it's it's I would say a bit embarrassing for them to not make it. But this only makes it, you know, a very easy move for Haaland to leave next season because, you know, obviously he's a, a hungry player. He doesn't want to play in Europa League. And uh, the fact that, you know, they rely on him so much, mm-hmm. it just adds to it that, you know, he needs to leave and go to a better club. But even even like as a Dortmund, like even if you, like as a Dortmund supporter, you could think that Malin, who had the same amount of goals as Haaland, he might be that investment for the future because they know Haaland's not going to stay there. Like they know that there's no contract extension that's going to happen. Teams like Real Madrid, Barca, well, we'll get to Barca, <laughs> but Barca, Man City, even Bayern are looking at Haaland and they're, they have the money for it and they're going to throw a big bag just to get him out of there. So uh, Haaland yeah. in the Europa League, he might turn up. It might be, well, all these teams going to the Europa League, like Leipzig, uh, Dortmund, and then <clears throat> we'll talk about Barca later. Um <laughs> It's going to make the Europa League more exciting. These great teams are in there. But speaking of uh, pretty powerful teams, Group D, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Sheriff, and Shakhtar Donetsk, in that order, finished. And Real Madrid, you know, at being an under-the-radar team this year, obviously they don't have the likes of any, like, I say that huge names, but, like, Benzema has absolutely turned up. Vinicius, Rodrigo, as we mentioned before, really good. Modric killing it at, at his age. And Alaba, you know, uh, as a Bayern supporter, I- I'm going to say that, like, I'm very happy to see Alaba thriving in La Liga because, obviously, he's, he's been a great player for all these years. And uh, even Courtois with four clean sheets, they've been absolutely fantastic. Any uh, any thoughts on uh, on Real Madrid and their success? Uh, I just want to say, you know, Carlo Ancelotti took back up the spot that he uh, left, and he's been doing a pretty good job, man. How many – not many people, I would say, gave Real Madrid – Obviously, they're going to be favorites, but like you said, you know, they're missing some players. Like they say, you got, they got rid of, they offloaded Varane, Ramos, just from the center backs off, uh, from their defense, you know. But you have mainstay players in that team that will 
have been doing a job and will continue to. Benzema has been a revelation. He has been mm-hmm. world-class for Real Madrid. Vinicius on the wing has been killing it. I have to say, I was a Vinicius hater. I didn't see mm-hmm. uh, the, the real uh, upside in him. And I'm happy to say that I was wrong. I was a million percent wrong. He has played like a man possessed this season. It's been amazing. You have Rodrigo on the right, still contributing. Uh, what else can you say about Luka Modric? You know, he's 35, 36 years old, and he's still running the midfield like when he first got to Madrid. You have Cruz, Valverde. Um, they just have a really solid team in the midfield as well, Brian. Um, Alaba, Militao, Mendy, Carvajal on the defense, like you said mm-hmm. earlier. And I know you're a Bayern fan. Alaba has really, really, uh, really played really good in the uh, for Scoring Real as well. And uh, Militao has been really, really good too. He's really showing what he, uh, all the promise he brought when they signed him from Porto. Courtois and goal, you have a solid man in between the sticks. They have everything you need to be a top team to go deep in the competition. And, and as we all know, with Champions League is Real Madrid's competition, whether we like it or not. Yeah, so that is true. That you can is never, true. ever count out Real Madrid, even though, you know, they haven't won one. I wouldn't say it hasn't been forever since they won one. But, you know, they, they, like they'd be, they're, they're, they're going to be eager to, to bring another one back to that trophy case. And well, like I said, there's nothing really more you can say about Real Madrid other than they're just a, they're a star-studded team and you cannot take a chance with them. PSG are going to have their hands. I'm just saying, I want to come in here and I want to say, you guys were Vinicius deniers. <laughs> I was a Vinicius truther. And damn, it's been paying off so wonderfully. Yeah. I just got to say, I had to come out and say it, but I'm going to be 100 about it. Vinicius, I felt like he was going to do this at some point. I was just wondering, is he going to get the opportunity to do this at some point? Because, you know, when you sign a young Brazilian for almost 50 million euros or whatever, you expect them to hit the ground running. You see mm. the examples of Neymar and some amazing legends. But in my head, I'm like, you're not going to throw an 18-year-old and expect them to do that. A lot of players are not going to just hit the ground running. you got to give them time to gel. And when he came into Real Madrid, when he was given all that, they were coming off of their one of their best stints in club history. We were falling into a bit of a dip. So people were expecting so much from this kid. And now he's finally showing out. And as I said earlier, in Brazil, they're relying a lot on Vinicius. You see him on the ball. i got to be honest, I'm impressed. I just get scared, okay? When he was yeah. playing against Colombia and I saw Vinicius touch the ball, I was like, oh, boy, here comes another one. Like, I was very <laughs> horrified, man. But he's been absolutely stellar. Benzema has been really damn good. Got to give him credit. One person yeah. that I do want to highlight more so because I think it might be the end for Eden Hazard after this. I'm going to play two games. Oof. He's been obviously struggling with injuries. And uh, obviously a lot of respect for him as the player that he was. But that's the key thing the player he was he's no longer exactly. this player and uh you know it is quite a shame to see Eden Hazard fall from the heights yeah. that he was at but you know at, at this point if Real Madrid want to really push forward they need to they need to tell Hazard you need to shape up or you need to ship out and uh well as said as, as much as I hate to say it like that, that's just how it is at this point mm. Me agree, agree. any thoughts uh, I just want to say that people who say, you know, Fatih's clear of Vinicius. Oh, please, man, just stop the debate. <laughs> it's over. Vinicius is clear. Okay, you can say, you know, he took longer. Yeah, but look at him now. Okay, he's in the best, I would say, form of his life. Okay, you can obviously say Fatih's young, whatever. But come on, man, the way he's been playing and carrying Real Madrid, Fatih could never do that with Barcelona. 
even with mm. Messi. Yeah. So, yeah. And and the team that finished second, Inter Milan, obviously Real Madrid. In this group, everyone expected Real and Inter to, to push forward. Sheriff giving some people a scare. Shout out to Sheriff Adama Traore. Six goals, one of the top goal scorers uh, in, uh, in the Champions League. They've been Bro. pretty good, but uh, yeah, Julian? There are two players I want to highlight for Sheriff. One of them in a very serious tone, another one not so much. Number one, Sheriff won. 2-1 against Real Madrid. Early and I'm on just too. saying maybe it was influenced by this. Maybe it's not. But on that day, they had a man who played the 90 minutes. The 90 minutes. They had a man on the field. You know, granted, he spoke Portuguese. And he goes by the simple moniker of Cristiano. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> must have had something to do with that. This I don't know. Pretty, you know, he... I don't know. Ronaldo's well on that wing, but on a serious note, I do want to give a shout out to the sheriff. Granted, they they did uh, end up losing. We knew that they weren't gonna sustain it. Like they were playing against an Inter Milan team that is just that, won the just exceptional. Just won the Scudetto Italian league. The Scudetto. Yeah. Real Madrid have been hot, and Shakhtar Donetsk, which we thought would be doing what Sheriff was doing. Yeah, because like that's what the next done. But you know, no, they came out and said, you know what, Donetsk. Eat this. Two goals. Yeah. No, none yeah. conceded. Yes, Real Madrid. Yo, yo, y'all want to win? Nah, we taking this from you. You feel me? Like, they were... And in the games against Inter and everything, like, they they really did, like, fall off a bit. But you could still tell that they were not... Like, these teams started taking them a lot mm-hmm. more seriously as a whole. Um, And uh, we'll see how it ends up turning out at these points. But, man, I do want to give a shout-out to Jorgos... Um, I'm going to butcher his name because he's Greek. Uh, Athanasiadis. Did I, did I say that right? I don't know, but I want to yeah. give him a shout out. He was the starting keeper for um, all these sheriff teams and everything. And the reason yeah. why I have a lot of respect for them is just because he was very, very good in these matches and everything. Granted, things ended up falling apart. He doesn't have the highest quality team in front of him and everything. But the way he played in this Champions League, you know, I just kind of wanted to give him a shout for uh, how he was playing. Yeah. And, and also on the other topic of Inter, um, eight goals scored, five conceded, not that, you know, like vocal on, on, on the sense of, of attacking prowess, but pretty good defensive record winning three, uh, drawing one, losing two after losing Lukaku and a couple others last season, Jekko coming in with three goals and one assist. He's been a pretty good replacement and they obviously have some other, uh, age esque players such as, uh, Handanovic at 37, you know, playing all five and I mean, playing all six games and then only conceding five goals. And same with like Vidal, Brozovic, Perisic, the, the Bayern boy. But the, the real the real thing that I, I was kind of like, I was stunned just to see, but Lotaro Martinez, this Argentinian wonder kid that's supposed to be doing pretty good for uh, Inter. No goals, no contributions. Obviously, Joaquin uh, Correa coming in this, this past summer as well. Four games, no goals as well. Jekyll really like th- this team relying heavily on on the midfield presence of, of Vidal Barella, who's been you know a revelation for Italy, um, and Brozovic, and also the newly transferred snake, uh, oh, uh, Chalanglu, uh, with with nothing to show for it as well. With a good defense, they're they're not bad. Um, but yeah, anyone have any extra thoughts on on this group before we move on? Let me hear. So you know, Inter obviously won the Serie A last season and. Uh, with that amazing team, you know, this season they are. I'm not. I'm not sure. Are they on top? If they're not, I think they're second. 
but they did a massive comeback in the Serie A as well. Uh, but in the Champions League, uh, I think they're yeah, they are they are on top. They are on top. They are on top. Well, yeah. So even without Conte and uh, you know uh, Lukaku, they can do well. It's just I feel like if Lautaro starts performing a bit better, right, they can definitely do it. I'm just happy Sanchez got a goal. You know, Arsenal yeah. fan. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he <laughs> made one as well. So uh, honestly, I think good start, but they need to keep it up. And do exceptionally well if they want to go through because they got Liverpool next. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough matchup. So I guess we'll move on to Group E: Bayern, Benfica, Barca, and Dinamo Kiev. I know, I know, the boys have definitely a lot of things to talk about Barca, but we'll, we'll just start with Bayern here. Twenty-two goals scored, three conceded, winning all six games. Robert Lewandowski, the Ballon d'Or robbery, uh, nine goals scored, almost uh, matching up with Hallard there. But one player that I want to hi- highlight that has been having such a tough start for Bayern is Leroy Sané. The guy has been, you know, obviously he tore it up with Man City, winning Young Player of the Year, winning um, a Premier League with Man City as well. And this season, like, I guess it's because last year, uh, Hansi Flick was trying to play him on, on right mid, uh, attacking mid, left mid. They didn't know what they were doing with him. But finally, they, find, they found his position. They got to keep him at left mid. He's got five goals, four assists. Silly. All, all around the pitch, there were the, the people are co- contributing. Muller again with the assist, two goals, two assists. Nabry and finally Coleman becoming like probably playing in his prime, contributing every game week in week out in the Bundesliga. And uh, Neuer also getting assists. Got to mention that as well. Um, but the one thing that I was real, uh, what I was finding by the end of uh, Bayern's matchups were how important Kimmich and Goretzka were needed in that midfield. Probably two of the best. Well, okay, I should, there's a lot of good midfielders in the world, but that pairing I feel like is untouchable when when they're fit and when they're when they're ready to play. Uh, same with newly transferred Upamakano. What a signing that was! Everyone was saying like that he probably wasn't going to perform that well. Same with Lucas Hernandez, but both of them, if they're fit, along with Kimmich and Goretzka, Maurizio, I, I got to tell you, I think Bayern could could win it all if they stay fit. Obviously, that's a fair shout, man. That's a fair shout. And honestly, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you any any insult to your face because you're right. Yeah, yeah. And other the than stats, the stats speak for themselves. Like exactly. you said, twenty two goals scored and only three conceded. That's silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Like you said, also Leroy Sana has has he looks re- rejuvenated. He's been immense mm-hmm. in this uh, Champions League group stages. Um, a player that I always love to bring out anytime I cover we cover Bayern Munich, mm. Thomas Muller, the rum dider. That guy is world class. He does not get the praise he deserves. Underrated. He is underrated, underrated for no reason. He is instrumental to how Bayern tick. The connection he has with this attacking players, especially Robert Lewandowski, is bar none. Just it's it's it just looks natural. Yeah. It's amazing. Thomas Muller is such a good player. His positional awareness is probably one of the best in the world. That's one of his best tactics, you know, because he's not the fastest, he's not the most physical, but he knows mm-hmm. where he has to be. He likes to communicate. He likes to tell uh, Sana, you know, go forward, run, I'll go, and then boom, he'll mm-hmm. spread it out. The link up play with Lewandowski, you know, you have Nabry also you can um, link up with. He is mm-hmm. instrumental. When he's picking, Byron play amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, uh, Bayern Munich are just, they have a really, really, really good team. The only thing I'd like to point out, and it's uh, something that I'm sure you're aware of, that right back position, uh, that's the only gaping hole in that Yikes. team, man. 
Yeah. Respectfully, yeah. if I'm Sala and I see, uh, and I if I'm Sala and Mane and I see, you know, Pavard, or Pavard I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, let's time go to down eat. that side. You know time to saying? feast. Yeah. You know, I, we all thought, Absolutely. I mean, especially for me, I thought Pavard was going to rise to the occasion when he made that Bayern Munich transfer, especially after that strong World Cup, you know, scoring that mm-hmm. one goal. You know, I thought Pavard was the truth coming from. Yeah. I, th- that's what everyone thought. As I, it, Bayern, Bayern, up to the building, but I feel like he shouldn't even be a right back, dude. I don't like, even think he should know, be a footballer, to be more, honest. Uh, instrumental in center back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's played <laughs> at center back a couple times. He's he's yeah, been looking, but he's, like he's, it's just yeah, he's got nothing going for him. He doesn't have the pace to get back. He likes to attack, but he's definitely not like uh, Alfonso in any sort of way possible. And. uh Although we have the likes of of Bunasar, who I'm not even going to talk about him. He is just he's the worst. I think he might be the worst Bayern player that has been in the club since we've actually became a club. He is just not it at all. But you know what? Maybe January. You know, I'm I'm telling you right now, he is just. There's no reason he should be starting for any for any club in 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 the Bundesliga, let alone in the Champions League. Um, but yeah. So getting off from that, there was also a bunch of other teams in the group. Benfica, me here. I I hear you have some stuff to say about them. They they, they were uh, they were pretty decent, honestly. Two wins, two draws, two losses. Pretty decent team stepping up to the occasion mm-hmm. when needed against a Barcelona side that obviously had pre- plenty of transfers coming in. Losing Messi this season, what do you think? Benfica, I think, deserve a big round of applause because they lost, you know, a lot of them good players. And uh, looking at them now, they actually did very well. In a, in a group with, you know, Barcelona and Bayern Munich finishing second, which is a really, really big thing, as you can see, you know, seven goals scored, of course, they scored, they conceded nine, but, you know, you can't help that because the defense is not that good, but uh, Rafa and Nunes is just uh, a good pairing, both of them, you know, with three goals. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really, it's really good all together and, uh, you know, now obviously they got washed up Watengen, uh, Oramendi, yeah. and uh, Grimaldo. But you know, I think uh, even with that, they've done decent so far. And uh, I think going forward, they 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 could maybe do something, maybe quarterfinals, just uh, get there and yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. But it's pretty Sur- good for them. Surprisingly, when I was watching all these games, I thought Benfica were the most terrifying squad out of the three that we were playing against. And speaking of that, that other's team, Barcelona, we're only going to touch on them for yeah. a bit because it's a little embarrassing, but Europa League football. A little Thursday embarrassing night. for me. A Thursday bit. nights. Jesus. Two goals scored, nine conceded. What happened, guys? Like, what, what, what is wrong with this Barca team? What, like, what's going on? Honestly, it's I everything. just like to say, you know, it's, uh, it's about time they got what they deserve. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> No, that's, 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 that's that's a very close-minded way of thinking, but you know, I, I, I with the de- with the departure of 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 Messi, let me just uh, I'll, I'll give this a little real quick. Just to uh, the departure of Messi, that club is lacking leadership, mm-hmm. and you know, bringing in uh, Xavi uh, to you know steady the ship. You know, he's a Bar- he's, he was a Barca player. He knows how they should play. He knows the philosophy of the club. You know, it it, it means more, but it's not translating on the pitch. You know, that mm-hmm. group stage campaign was absolutely woeful for Barcelona. They did not look like Barcelona. And the fact that they're in Europa League is even a, is a wonder, you know, if 
they had a if uh, respectfully to Dynamo Kiev, if Dynamo Kiev wasn't in that group and you had another team, mm-hmm. we could we could have been another you know stronger team. We could have been looking at Barca finishing fourth, just, just crashing out yeah. altogether. You know, um, they just it's just not looking good. You know, they're in a transition phase. You know, they're trying to play a lot more youth players. You know, uh, Davi's getting in the midfield more with Pedri. Papi's coming off an injury. You know, mm-hmm. but. They just don't have what it takes anymore to be a top club right now at the moment. Yeah. When, when your manager is the best midfielder currently at the club, a <laughs> lot a lot has to be said. You know it's your downfall. You just know it. Yeah. yeah. got to say very simply, dear Barcelona, looking right at my camera, this is for you. I want you guys to listen to me very clearly. Look at the Argentinian national team. Do what they're doing. Because Argentina, for the longest of time, suffered from what I called Messiitis. What's Messiitis? Messiitis is this disease that, because you have Lionel Messi, who's practically God himself when you play from the ball, um, he's going to do absolute miracles on the pitch, which means he will carry you to extents that your team should not be going to. The reason why I end up saying that is because Argentina got very lucky when qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. And in the 2018 World Cup, we ended up seeing it on prime time. You put one player, two players, man Mark Messi. Team runs around like headless chick. Mm. That team sucked. Yeah. Now, why do I mention Barcelona needs to do what Argentina did? Granted, they have it a lot easier in Argentina because Argentina needs to breed their players. Pause. Um, meanwhile, Barcelona can bring in the players. They can buy the players. Argentina was able to figure out, hey, we can't rely on Messi. We got to play like a unit. Sure, Messi's still on the team and everything, but we need to play like a unit. We need to play through a team instead of just through Messi. And you look at them in these qualifiers, and they've been one of the most scary teams in the world. They've mm. been exceptional. Why do I say that Barcelona needs to do this? Messi's gone. Apparently, they still think Messi's going to walk out there on the field and then still save them. You know, Messi's gone. Okay. What they need to do is they don't need to buy a Messi replacement. They need to embrace that Messi isn't there because you're not getting another Messi, okay? Barcelona fans, you can talk all you want about Anzu Fati being the truth and being the next reincarnation. He's not. Get it through your head. So instead of putting those expectations on Fati, why don't you get a manager that'll do the best to make Fati look good? Why don't you get a manager that says, Pedro, you have all this talent. Let's see you use it. Mm. you need to one change tactics stop trying to play the barcelona of old tiki taka was fun and everything don't get me wrong but you currently don't have the facilities for that big man so sign players or get out and the fact that you don't have the money to sign players means that you're gonna have to really go for the argentina route and bring back la masia bring players back put more faith in your youth granted that's what they're trying to do good but i need them to fully embrace it you need to sell the dead wood. You need to keep a couple of the mm. older players around. I really do feel like you cannot sell Busquets. I feel like you cannot sell PK because those guys really are solid leadership, but you need to start phasing them out of the team. You need to play exactly. them less. You need to phase them out slowly, bring in the younger guys and have them be the leaders of the locker room. Barcelona, look at Argentina. They literally set the plan out for you. Just <laughs> do that. Okay. I know you're going to complain about finance. Then <laughs> you have a, one of the best academies in the world for a reason. Use it. Okay. Right. Use it. 
Okay. Julian, oh. I think they need you. They need you. <laughs> get, get out there. Get out there. Oh, we out here. Put a job at CDM. Let's get it. I'll Absolutely. put in a shift. <laughs> um, right. Well said, Julian. Well said. So I guess we'll move on to Group F now. Uh, another group that had a lot of good, well, three of the pretty good teams. We have, uh, you know, Manchester United with the newly signed Ronaldo. Uh, Villarreal Europa League winners of last year. Atalanta, who also went pretty far in the Champions League last year. And uh, Young Boys from Switzerland, who pretty much didn't really have do, uh, pretty didn't much have a chance um Mahir United what are your thoughts all I want to say is it's it's because of Ronaldo because <laughs> you take Ronaldo out of that team they're done they're done you know mm-hmm. you can bring in a new manager you can bring in anyone but you, we could literally see the half first half of the Champions League they were struggling and, and it was only because of Ronaldo's late minute hero, last minute heroics that they actually managed to finish the group First, and it's it's proven. Come on, he has six goals. A 36-year-old Ronaldo has six goals in the Champions League in the group stages. That is insane. Okay, mm-hmm. That is just that that says a lot. Bruno obviously outclassing the midfield in in the Champions League with six assists, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the youth that they have is actually really good. Greenwood is a fantastic player, uh, and you know, I hope he develops and becomes one of the. Uh, you know, big young prospects because he has the potential 110%. Rashford needs to, of course, start playing well. As you know, he, mm-hmm. he obviously, since his shoulder injury, he's just been off in the Prem as well. He's scoring, but he's not consistent. And uh, of course, we had Ole uh, the first, I think, three games. Uh, right. Of course, like, didn't know what to do with such a big team. On paper, Manchester United are so good, but when it comes together, you know, Fred. And everyone was just, just not it. And now yeah. you can see Fred's improving and the other team's doing better. You know, other players right. are doing better, my bad. So, you know, they need to start playing more as a team and start depending less on Ronaldo because even now, even with Ralph, they are not doing that well. You can see the last three games, they've just been kind of dependent on Ronaldo. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel that needs to change because he's going to retire soon. Oh, that's sad, but... Is he going to retire soon? Will I wouldn't he? say this soon as in two years, maybe. Maybe after the World Cup, maybe a season after that, you know, two, three. Hmm. Seems in the you form that know. he's in, he won't be retiring anytime soon. <laughs> Depending sure. on where he goes and where his career takes him, of course. Definitely. Definitely. You mentioned someone. You mentioned a man that I was actually really excited to talk about. Ralph Rangnick. I'm very excited okay. to talk about. And the reason why is because this guy, if you want to talk about people that have a history of turning ships around, Ralf Ragnick is the man to talk about, especially if you want to talk about what he does as an executive, which once United find a full-time head coach, Ragnick is going to be working in the executive office for United, helping bring in players. The reason why I mentioned that is because he helped, he helped steady the ship with Schalke when he was the manager, and he also did very, very well for them um, when he worked in their office. Hoffenheim, when they had their period of success in the early two, in the early 2010s, late 2000s and all that, they were led by Ralph Ragnick. And a lot of the talent that you saw come through those ranks, the systems that were set up during those teams at the time to bring in their talent, you know, when they brought in the likes of Draxler, when you ended up bringing uh-huh. through guys like Roberto Firmino at Hoffenheim, like he was really the mastermind behind all that. And recently, his most recent job as an executive was the example of that his work that he's done at red bull leipzig 
has been nothing short of exceptional when it comes to bringing in youth, finding talent and doing that. So I do want to say, Grant, I don't support any teams. And, you know, United have not had the best history as of, of course, late. Of but with Ralph Ragnick's um, track record when it comes to finding some of the better talents around the world and everything like that and steadying a ship, his job at United is just steady the ship for now, make the job enticing for someone else, and bring in so, and develop more young talent, bring in more young talent once he makes the move to executive. I truly believe United are going to do well under Ragnik. I feel like the second half of the season is going to be solid for them. And even if it isn't, his signing as a head coach has been interim. It's openly been interim for now. When he makes the move to the executive's office, I think we should see and expect big things from United coming forward. Yeah. Absolutely. I do agree with you with that. 100%. Yeah. Um, but also, like, other than United, that have obviously, you know, had a lot of changes, had a lot of things to go through the past couple of seasons. Villarreal, a team that, you know, a lot of people are thinking that Atalanta and how much quality they've got and how good they are. They thought they were going to come out of the group. But Villarreal, Europa League winners of last year, um, coming in second, nine goals. I mean, it's a 12 goals, nine goals uh, conceded. Dan Juma. All of a sudden, this 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 youngster is starting to, to pop off four goals. Um, Maurizio, do you have any thoughts on this? This is this is a team that might people might have to look out for. When you Villarreal is, a, is an interesting uh, is an interesting team because, like you said, they finished second in the in the group stage, and this was a pretty even group. Like you said, Man United is Man United, regardless of who's at the helm of the club and who's at the who's playing. Man United is Man United. You also have Atalanta, who in recent years they have been just a really, really exciting, attacking, forward-minded team. And for Villarreal to, to qualify is, is a very, very um, – it's a very good uh, accomplishment. But you have to take uh, things in a wider view. Right now they're sitting 13th in La Liga. That's not – you wouldn't really want to put them in your favorite category. Um, they do have solid pieces around the pitch. Like you mentioned earlier, uh, Dan Juma, the Dutch winger, has been a revelation since signing from Bournemouth. Uh, Etienne Kampu, uh, two goals from the midfield. Jared Moreno, their talisman, has been con- uh, contributing three goals, one assist. Um, Parejo, another really solid player that's uh, been around for a while. He does what he does in the midfield. Very, really, really good player to have. And another one more player I want to mention from the defense is uh, Pervis Estupinian, uh, Ecuadorian left back. Very, very uh, tidy player. Um, very out. I don't see them really providing a, a threat to uh, what's it called um, to Juventus. You know, Juventus aren't even in the, the best of form right now, but they, mm-hmm. really are, they have good players, but they're just really, really inconsistent right now. And if they really want to get something out of this, they got to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just want to come in here because we're talking about teams here, teams that were disappointing. Atalanta, disappointing. Why? And I'm going to come in and say it. Atalanta finally got to see the Luis Muriel and uh, Duvan Zapata that I've been seeing on the Colombian national team for so many years. <laughs> Ghosts! Ghosts! <laughs> They're not here, man. And Atalanta really were relying very heavily on them. Um, the departure of Papu Gomez last season definitely wasn't seen as much last year. This year, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell they've been missing that guy. I just want to come out and say it. And also just shout out to young boys. They beat United. That was just a very interesting yeah. way to throw a match. I just wanted to bring it up because it was pretty funny to me. <laughs> so, yeah. On that note, I think we should move on to the next group. And uh, yeah. yeah, speaking wanna... of 
I just want to throw it over to Patrick. Patrick, what are your thoughts on Lille? Lille. Uh, yes. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Atalanta and Papu Gomez uh, and his new club, Sevilla and, and, his, and that group, Lille, you know what? We saw how good they were last season in Ligue 1. You know, Canadian boy Jonathan David, Turkish uh, beast Burak Yilmaz coming back at his age being so good. This is a team that people, a lot like four goals conceded throughout the, all the groups. They won three, they drew two, they lost one. They got, you know, Jose Font beyond what, what many would say his prime age, uh, playing with youngster Tiago uh, Diallo in that back and Sven Botman, XIX player. It's, they've been quite a good team to, to watch. You know, they got Renato Sanchez, who has been exceptional over the years. Uh, Ex-Manchester United youngster Angel Gomez playing a couple games here and there. This is a team that just because of their name and, and just because of their reputation, a lot of people, you know, overlook. And with the group with Wolfsburg, who have been pretty good in the Bundesliga, uh, all, RB Salzburg, which we'll get to and, and how they've managed to get out of the group. And Sevilla, a Se- Sevilla with, you know, the likes of Jesus Navas, um, and, and, and other, other star quality players, including Papu Gomez, this team managed to, you know, get the job done. They won three and, and I'm pretty impressed with what they got. Jonathan David tearing it up in, uh, in the French league right now, quite a good player, Ikone, um, and Jonathan Bamba, who was really good last season. He's been kind of quiet, but still excellent quality and excellent potential for their team to, you know, be good in the long run. Um, hopefully a lot of good players, uh, to to watch and and in these next rounds i I, i'd say like i wouldn't take it for granted they're playing chelsea and you know we'll obviously get to that and stuff but yeah leal seven goals not obviously that not getting that many you know attacking prowesses that are that are exceptional in in the group stage but still pretty good and rb south like rb salzburg an austrian team overcoming the likes of sevilla and wolfsburg me here what are your thoughts Really good, really good. Uh, we saw Salzburg last season, and I think they were not as good as this year, of course. But looking at them now, like eight goals scored and six conceded, that is not bad for a team like RB Salzburg. You know, the fact that you know they they've won three and just lost two, which is not that bad, considering you know obviously as you said they have Sevilla and Wolfsburg in the team. I really expected Sevilla to finish second. Uh. But you know, it was a big, big surprise to me as well that they somehow managed to finish third with the quality that they have, and uh, yeah, just uh, overall a great done at at AME with four goals with and one assist, mm. you know, which is insane, and uh, Okafor with three goals. It's it's just a great, great altogether performance by them, uh, and yeah, I really hope uh, you know they can continue it. But I don't think they would be able to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. City, so it's, it's speaking of happen. speaking of players that probably won't be there next season. Kareem Adeyemi, the young German striker. Oh Every oh club in Europe wants this kid. He is he is just on fire this season. Was on fire last season. I'm surprised in the summer Salzburg managed to to keep him, and it's paid off clearly, considering he's carrying them. But I do feel that in this next round, with their injury list of, of ex-Werder Bremen players, Latko Yunuzovic, plus a lot of their key defenders, I can't see them going any further than, than what they've accomplished up to this point. Then again, we didn't actually expect them to you know, qualify out of the group in the first place, but yeah. here they are. You know. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned uh, Kirim Adeyemi. 
I just want to point out real easily, I'm going to keep it a buck. I thought he was already at Leipzig. I really <laughs> thought he was already at Leipzig. And the reason why I say that is just Red Bull, man. The amount of money that they're putting into the teams that they are sponsoring in football is immense. Leipzig did make it through. Obviously, Salzburg did. So that's a major thing for them, especially. If, I think they might be a little bit happier with that, like at home base, especially considering the fact that Red Bull is an Austrian company like that. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see their first big investment, you know, Salzburg really making it like that. But yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of their players now get pillaged, specifically out of Yemi. Um, I, I definitely see him pro- possibly just going to Leipzig. It seems like a pipeline, especially considering the fact that he's Red Bull. But mm-hmm. I wanted to come out and say, sorry to break it to you, but he's coming to he's coming to the red half of Merseyside. I'm sorry to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's out of your control. I'm sorry. Who knows? Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll we'll see what ends up turning out. But uh, yeah, just wanted to give them a little bit of a shout. He's linked further. currently. He's been in talks with Dortmund. So and and Bayern were also keen to see to, to, to get his signature as well. A lot of this, a lot of big teams. Point, if he's a dog, at this he's point, I'm waiting for the rumors of uh, Millonarios down in Colombia to sign them. You feel me? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the way to go. Yeah, wherever he goes, he will clearly light it up because he's been showing it on against some of the greatest. Te- well, not the greatest teams, but but pretty good teams um, in Europe, anyways. So yeah, so Sevilla, Wolfsburg, RB Leipzig, Lille. It was a pretty good group. Not obviously the most exciting, but still a lot to, to take out of it. And finally, Group H, Juve, Chelsea, Zenit, and Malmo. Juve finishing top of the group on the last match day because of a Chelsea tie with Zenit that allowed Juve to, to win, uh, I mean, to, to finish on top, which is surprising considering Juve's form this season and even last season, you know, the first time they, they lost to Scudetto in, in how many years and, and losing Ronaldo, of course. But a lot of their players stepping up, and and yeah, like, w- what do you guys think? Do you think Juve can can really prove people wrong, or or what? I feel like if Juve want to prove people wrong, all their players just have to be firing on all cylinders. Dybala crucial to the team, excellent creator, stepping up with three goals. Uh, I want to see more from Chiesa. We know how good he is. We saw him on that Euros run um, with Italy. Dynamic player, really fast, two-footed. He, he he's a really good player, but he really needs to contribute more if they need to if they have intentions of going far in this uh, in this uh, Champions League. Uh, Bernadeschi coming out of uh, I would say he hasn't really been first choice since he mm-hmm. landed there since from uh, Fiorentina, but he's stepping up with three assists. Yeah. Um. A um, uh, pretty uh decent midfield, you know. Uh, Locatelli selling from uh Sampdoria, not Sampdoria, Sassuolo. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh Rabio, Bentacor, Kulusevski on the wing, also with uh Chiesa. You know, they have really they have they have good players. This hey, clearly uh, their league form. You know, it's Juventus. Um, the defense has been uh solid in the Champions League at least, <laughs> with mm. uh Delit, Bonucci, Sandro, De Siglio. You know. You, you've made, we've always, we, they're, they're always a troubling case in the Champions League because I feel like every time we have some sort of expectation for them, they always seem to fall short. Mm. Um, I just want to uh, brush up quick on Chelsea. You know, they let it slip on the last day to finish first. I'm not sure they're too tight about it, though, because they drew Leo respectfully. Yeah, Leo. twice. Uh, they, they, they drew him twice. So, you know, they, they finishing second hasn't really been catastrophic, catastrophic for them. We all know what Chelsea's are about. Uh, I really want to see more from Lukaku. He has been injured and he hasn't been himself, you know, ever since uh, like September. I think he had a pretty long uh, goal drought, but he's back in the goals. They really need him to um, 
Mm-hmm. Step up if they have any intention of going far. Timo Warner has been uh, chipping in. You know, he's still a, a decent player, despite, you know, missing a shooter every now and then. Listen, that's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still a quality player. Uh, Jorginho in the midfield. You have Hudson Adoy. He's been looking really nice this season again. Reese James, yeah. right back, really creative, loves to get forward, loves to contribute. There's not much to say. It's Chelsea. Chelsea are a really, really, really solid team, you know. Um, they just yeah. kind of held together, you know. They, their midfield has kind of been ravaged right now. Conte's still out. Uh, um, Loftus cheek picked up a knock. Jorginho so, is, really, is injured, undoubtedly, for um, some time. So, uh, so. You know, they, they got some uh, – they got some uh, – Pretty big holes to plug up, but at the end of the day, it is Chelsea. They are a solid team, so I would expect them uh, to continue off uh, a pretty decent uh, group stage run. Yeah, Tuchel definitely has it down. Obviously, they won the Champions League last year. A lot of uh, a lot of expectations for people going this season, c- conceding only four. So clearly, this, this Chelsea side hasn't lacked uh, in the defensive department. They have lots of options to uh, to stick back there, including goalkeeping, which you know finally Ferland Mendy. Proving week in and week out that he is Chelsea's number wait, one. Wait, 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 Furlan Mendy? Oh, sorry. Ed- Edward Mendy. No! Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy. No! Furlan Mendy. No! Hey, hey, hey. Chill, 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 chill. <laughs> Furlan <laughs> Mendy. Oh, no. just Edward dropped, Mendy. Baby. Woo. Didn't know Chelsea signed him. Didn't know he wasn't doing <laughs> the sticks. But hey, I'm just saying he's going to be Francis number one real soon. Just watch. <laughs> just watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben Chill was injured. Maybe they knew, knew left back. But Edward Mendy. Uh, has been has been outstanding for them, uh, letting in one goal within the five games, and Kappa, you know, playing that Zenit game. Well, I don't know why they started him. They totally fumbled the bag in that in that sense. And uh, yeah, yeah. And Zenit and Malmo. I mean, two. You know, Zenit has been pretty good in well, pretty good coming out of Russia in recent years, but clearly didn't stand a chance against two of Europe's biggest giants. So. Are there any other thought- not at that level. Definitely not mm-hmm. at that level yet. Yeah. Know, so. Especially, you know, losing some of their key players like Rondon and, and Hulk of recent years and, and beyond that. So, yeah, it makes sense. Chelsea, uh, uh, unfortunately, fumbling it. But Juve getting their uh, getting top group. And, yeah, so that was basically all of the, the group stage games, unless anyone has any quick thoughts on, on, on that, on Group H. No. no. All right, yeah. So I guess we'll just quickly, you know, round up what we're going to expect with these fixtures going into the round of 16. The group stages, obviously, were, were, were very good, very entertaining. And yeah, round of 16. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through these in the, in the order that we have written down here. First, Salzburg, Bayern. Originally supposed to play Atletico Madrid, which I, you know, it, it, I'll take. I'll take a Salzburg uh, over Atletico. I guess we can go around and say what our predictions are, like briefly. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out here. I'm gonna be big and tough, you know. Okay. the Yemi hat trick in both games. <laughs> You're going crazy. Salzburg gonna go with the upset. Nah. <laughs> On a serious note, though, I do think that when Salzburg play in Austria, I think they might keep it close. I genuinely think that when they play in Austria, they'll keep it close. But Bayern Munich has just looked too strong so far this season, especially to a team like Salzburg. A lot of respect to Salzburg as a whole, but I do not believe that they are going to come out on top against Bayern. Of course, we never know, but over mm-hmm. two legs, I don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully we can convince Adeyemi that the Munich weather is nicer <laughs> than, you know, Dortmund or the Merseyside. Maurizio. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, Mihir? Maurizio, what do you guys think about this game? I think it's going to be a clear Bayern domination. 
Uh, I'm seeing two nil in Salzburg and three uh, nil in Munich. Lewandowski mm. just gonna kill it, kill it with Sane as well, and just it's gonna be a demolition. So, right. If uh, you know, Salzburg fans, man, just uh, yeah. they stop watching. They, they should be <laughs> proud that, that they got this point though. True, true. true. Playing excellent. Big, so, unfortunate for them, but. Mm-hmm. I want to just clearly go based off the sense that I'm a football romantic that, you know, anyone can win on any day, but I'd be kind of daft to not pick Bayern, but I would just like to say, you know, <laughs> they are playing in the Champions League and it is, uh, anything can happen over two legs. We know what, well, we know, uh, oh, well, we've seen some pretty insane results. Uh, if Salzburg really put their head down and uh, try and grind out, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but more than likely it's going to be a Bayern, uh, Bayern win. All right, so Bayern across the board for the for the prediction on that one. Next, Sporting versus Manchester City. We saw Sporting barely coming out of the barely coming out of the group, and but but still getting the results. You know, they got a lot of good good quality players, but I'm gonna have to go with City on this one. I really don't see them like screwing up here. I'm gonna have to go with City. I, I think they're gonna here definitely. Go, here, here we go. You know, Julian Julian and his outlandish claims. We saw it at the Euros. We saw it in all my other predictions. So we coming out here and we're going to do it again. Manchester City. If you manage to lose to Sporting, if you manage to lose to Sporting, man. Mm, I don't know what to say. What should it be this time? What what jersey will I hypothetically buy because I couldn't find the damn Swiss I jersey. I do remember the Swiss. I couldn't find a Swiss France jersey prediction that you had one. in the summer. <laughs> I could not find it. Once I find one, I go. I'm going ham. But you know, money's been tight. Once right. I find it, I'm, I'm trying to get like a, a a wall of jerseys, which are just all the bets that I've lost. <laughs> you know, but hmm. you know what? I'm gonna do it right now. I am so confident that City is going to win this matchup. That if Sporting pulls through. I will get a Paulinho jersey. So yeah, yeah, that's you yeah, heard these are an S major because I, I'm, I'm <laughs> the broke. receipts are the receipts are piling up. <laughs> Paulinho, watch, watch. City's right. winning this. Easy. Me here. I mean, I think it's pretty pretty obvious. Uh it has to be City. Uh there's no there's no way Sport can, you know, try and, you know, just beat City. I think if if obviously it can happen since City has bought into Leon, but uh uh I think you know of course if Pep doesn't overthink it and goes uh you know with what fits the best, City will definitely go through without any doubt. So yeah. And Maurizio, to finish it off. I just want to say normalize let letting people hate, <laughs> like 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 normalize let letting people be haters. Mm-hmm. I hate. Manchester City with every fiber of my being. And Normalized while I try to be professional, <laughs> while I normally try to be professional, <laughs> there is so much hatred and spite in my heart that I'm going to say, you know what? Fuck it. I want, I'm taking sporting. You never know what can happen. Yo, Guardiola, alrighty, alrighty. Guardiola okay. to make a meal out of simple fixtures, especially in the Champions League. Let's see if uh, Pep Guardiola masterminds another disaster class. Alrighty. I would right. love to okay. see. It. Here I would we love go. Nothing more to see that. All right. <laughs> he out here. He out here. Some. Normalize hating. I don't know if that's what he should be putting. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that apart from Mauricio, we here at 
the intermission sports. <laughs> don't actually no. I don't we don't condone hate. Please don't yeah. hate. Um, Please. All right. All right. Now to a more more tough uh, a, a tougher um, matchup. Benfica Ajax. We saw how Ajax played out the gate. 20 goals, Haller with 10 of them. The team is fired up. They're trying to reenact what they did a few years ago with that DeLitt and De Jong side getting that far and unfortunately losing to Tottenham. I'm going to say Ajax on this one. Um, Benfica do have the quality to maybe put up a result, but just based on you know the, the, the what, we, what we saw in the group stages, I'm going to have to go with Ajax. I think they're way too powerful for this Benfica side. Um, even though they did beat Barca, fair enough. You know they did qualify. They 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 put up a, a good fight against Bayern. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, Ajax on this. Homie, you saying that the beat Barca at the moment is the same as me saying I beat West Ham. And that's considering. <laughs> Hell, I think beating West Ham right now is a bit more impressive. But Actually, yeah, fair as enough. a Liverpool fan, I can't say that because we got bodies. <laughs> an awesome fan, I can say that. I know, uh, awesome fan, I can say that. Bodies. <laughs> all right on, on a serious note gotta give some love out to ajax start at least making out of this round in my eyes i think it's just uh, a lot of respect for them I'm, am i as confident as i was in the in the city sport people would know but uh but i really do believe that uh, ajax can definitely get it going and uh yeah we'll see how it turns out mm-hmm. me here uh you know i think this is what i think i am supporting ajax but i think uh, it's gonna be a draw in the in uh, Benfica in Portugal, and uh, once they come to the Dutch, it's gonna be game over. Ajax they're gonna take it up and just uh, be comfortable in their home ground. But they might draw, is what I feel. Uh, so yeah, I think Ajax is gonna win overall, but I just don't think they can do it in Portugal. That's all. Hmm. Fair enough. And Maurizio, the closeted Ajax supporter. I'm not gonna lie, there's literally an Ajax Amsterdam scarf hanging up on my wall right now. So it's not wrong. You're not wrong. No, I I I genuinely really do like Ajax. Uh like I said, I've been watching them just a little bit this season, watching them more, and they just have quality all over the pitch. They have goals from all over the pitch. You know, I, it's gonna be really hard for Benfica to uh to win this one. I'm gonna take Ajax, but you know, like I said, you know, you can never count on any team, especially at this stage in the Champions League. And Benfica okay. put their head down and grind out you know they have quality players darwin nunez get them going give them chances rafa on the wing you have uh you know the, you got they have they have quality so i'm gonna say ix but you know benfica aren't a team to be laughed at all righty so ix across the board next chelsea versus leal i'm gonna go with leal on this one i i feel like leal you know what they were a little they were a little they were a little quiet um, going forward in the group stages, but considering how well they've been doing in the French league and the quality that they have, they play quite a different, you know, variation of football compared to Chelsea. And I feel like, although, you know, unfortunately riddled with injuries right now, by the time February comes around, I think if Lille managed to stay fit and most of their boys are, are ready, I'm going to have to go with uh, Lille. I, I feel like, you know, they, they fumbled the bag in Zenit for, you know, obviously they had a lot of injuries and such, but devil's advocate, I'm going, I'm, I'm going Lille for this one. I can't wait to see what uh, Ferland Mendy does in the sticks with Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Lille here. Oh my God. I've been playing too much FIFA, right? 
<laughs> he's in my dreams. I can't the get him out of my head. Oh, yeah. Everywhere I look, I see his face. <laughs> dreams are nightmares. Dreams are yeah. nightmares. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Chelsea. Um, yeah, on paper, again, I'm, I'm on paper. They should be winning this. You know, they really should. And I feel like Chelsea, especially based off um, nothing apart from me just saying they will, uh, will we'll come out on top. That being said, um, we love hatred here, and their <laughs> fan base is very toxic. So if they mm. lose, I think we'll just be very, very thank fun. you. <laughs> Normalize being a hater. There's nothing wrong with with, 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 with being angry at things just because you want to be. Yo, shout, shout, shout out my friend Sean. Uh, he's like the only Chelsea fan I know that isn't toxic because he's just not about being like that. Right. But Chelsea fans be toxic as a whole. I think you can agree with me on that. But yeah, of course. Yeah, I think Chelsea's gonna win this, but. I would really like to see them lose. I think it would be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Julian, basically. <laughs> I want Chelsea to lose, but I feel like Davis is going to win as well. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I really hope they don't win. Mm-hmm. Really hope. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And Maurizio. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Lille to the moon, man. Lille. <laughs> Lille. Let's go. Lil to the moon. <laughs> Lille stock. Uh, oh, yo, we out here messing with That's another team Lille that coin. I also despise with all my heart. Uh, <laughs> I don't like any of their players. People say they have likable players. I think all of them look ugly and I hate them. So, you know. Very factual. Mauricio is just like. Mobilize hate. Mauricio's type of dude. But, uh, but, but it. <laughs> He embracing no, hatred is, because he hates the entire Premier League, all 19 teams that are not <laughs> Liverpool. He's like, you know what? I don't like Norwich. I hope they die. <laughs> like, Every yeah. time we play Norwich, we fucking smack them for no reason. So, yeah. <laughs> no, Actually, no, no, that's I the, the team Mauricio think... likes. He's like, keep giving me wins, bro. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, no, like uh, Chelsea, uh, I'm gonna take Leo and I'll, and I'll see this. They have a really good uh, setup. They have really good players. And uh, I'm, I'm determining my decision based off the fact that Chelsea has all their players fit by then. Because mm. they have a pretty big uh, gaping hole in that midfield. And uh, recent results in the Prem suggest that, you know, they're slowing down the momentum a little bit. So it's not the craziest thing to say, Leo. So I'm going to take Leo. All right. Fair enough. Split decision between the four of us. Next, another tough one. Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. We've seen, you know, like Ronaldo in the Champions League loves to perform in the last minutes. Or in general, just loves to perform, but but usually with this United side, we, we've seen him like save him in, in the last couple uh, couple minutes. But this Atletico team, I don't think, although Manchester United have their flaws, and as much as I'd love to see them get knocked out early, Atletico might not have the attacking presence that could take them against United. But then again, United have a lot of flaws in their backline with Maguire and 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 such. Daddy Maguire. Yeah. So. I'm gonna, you know, I just think I I don't see them getting out early. I'm gonna go have to, I'm gonna have to go with Manchester United on this one. I think Ronaldo's gonna save them once again. Hopefully they can, you know, take something out and and you know Rashford and Greenwood possibly, you know, getting into form, getting the influence from Ronaldo in that in that in that locker room. So I'm gonna have to go with Manchester United on this one. Well, I'm agree with you. I can't wait to see Ronaldo do soon. Mm. And he loves he loves playing against Simeone. So I know that's what I'm saying. I can't wait to see, see what that. I'm saying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It goes <laughs> back to the original argument. There's yeah. so much spike that Ronaldo holds towards Simeone that half the time yeah. I feel like even if he doesn't even care about winning, which is you know, I'm just being this is just a, a connection now. 
Yeah. Even if he doesn't give a flying, you know, what about whatever. If he sees Simeone on that touch line, he's like, all right, I'm scoring three. Time to turn up. <laughs> time to turn up. <laughs> well, I, I can't it's wait to time. see how, <laughs> on, on a percentage scale, how many how many Real Madrid fans do you think are gonna go to the to the Madrid game? <laughs> <laughs> Just to uh, watch Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going Manchester United. I'm go- I'm going United. Okay. I, th- I think as a team, they I think it would be a lot more interesting if United didn't have Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ronaldo, here. Ronaldo. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm actually gonna be saying Atletico Madrid. Uh huh. I think mm-hmm. I think if they pull it back, if uh, Felix and uh, Suarez, uh, so many other players, uh, I think they have uh, can you know improve. They can definitely beat uh, Manchester United. You know, defensively they might concede maybe a goal or two, but I I if they play as a unit, right? If uh, you know. Korea and uh, like lights of such players actually start pushing like pushing themselves, putting in the work. Simeone plays park the bus. Hey, you never know. You know they can go ahead and beat Manchester United this time. I think Simeone is more than ever like just just ready to win. Uh, I think he wants to take his revenge on Cristiano once again, and I think this year it, it can be possible. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna go with Atletico Madrid. Alrighty, Emirates. Right now, I was going to say something that literally made me, like, have shivers down my spine of disgust. <laughs> as much as I hate it, as much as I dislike it, Uh-oh. as much as I have to just, uh, it makes me want to puke right now. I'm going to have to say Manchester United. And it's, it's coming. My, skin, oh. my skin's starting to boil right now. I, I'm mm. sweating in my room for people to sit. United in any circumstance, but. We'll swiftly move Diego on. Simeone then. is a manager and he comes up against Ronaldo in an important match, respectfully. We, we've seen this time and time again. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just another prime example of uh, Ronaldo getting another one over on him, bro. It's really hard for me to see otherwise. And another reason is I also hate a That football <laughs> makes me want to puke sometimes, man. Putting 10 people just behind a... the ball after scoring a corner in the fifth minute makes me want to puke. Mm-hmm. That, sh- that should be classified as football terrorism. We shouldn't allow that. <laughs> If I was football terrorism, oh my hey, goodness! Yo. Oh my god! That's the guy who wants. You gotta it. lock him up. No, respectfully, you gotta lock him up, man. It's like no. he's been he's been playing this this cool game for too long, man. I want to see nothing but sadness in Diego Simeone's eyes. I'll take it. Already done. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm here with the the, the one the one. Uh, the one decision that, that we'll see how it pays off. It's going to be a great game regardless. Two sides that are very similarly matched. Obviously, one doesn't have Ronaldo and one, you know, is, is, is solid uh, regardless. Uh, but yeah, next, Villarreal, Juventus. I'm just going to go out the gate and say there's no way Villarreal is winning this game. I think Juve are going to try to prove themselves after, you know, luckily getting first and getting this matchup. They could have been much worse for them if it was a, you know, much tougher team. I can see it going either like either way, but I, Juve are going to come out the gate. They're going to get a win here. They're going to keep, keep progressing through and try to prove themselves without Ronaldo. I'm going Juve. Uh, honestly, since we're already on the topic from earlier that you mentioned that you too much FIFA, I think Piemonte Calcio is definitely going to clutch this one. <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah. Honestly, oh, no, though, yeah, I think Juventus has uh, – I think the old lady is going to come out here and uh, – kick some butt real quick. I mean, Villarreal, I, I can see them winning, but I think Juventus might edge them out just so they can 
sit out and be like, we have a point to prove. This is what we're doing. Mayor? Definitely Juventus. Uh, there's no way, you know, Villarreal is going to try. and they, I don't think they have the capacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just won't be able to. Unless, you know, there's a Unai masterclass. But I, right. I highly doubt. I highly doubt it. Yeah. So, so dependent yeah. on the midfield and Juve having the midfield presence that they have, plus their solid defense, I, I, I just don't Moreover, see Moreover, this season, Dybala is proving himself, which is something I, I really like. You know, Dybala, mm-hmm. one of uh, the players I really like watching and i hope i hope he does a wonderful job coming yeah. up so yeah and Maurizio? i'm not doing this to be different i promise you but i'm taking joe real i'm not doing this to all be right different. all right even though i kind of shot on them earlier they <laughs> yeah. have solid players they have solid players dan juma gerard moreno they can make a difference if they link up Moreno in the midfield and chipping in with goals al torres nice young center back uh you got Raúl providing experience they have Good players. I need an Unai Emery masterclass, please. Please. All righty. All right. Well, they did win the Europa League, so they obviously have proved themselves once before. So, But this is the Champions League they, at the end of the day. They've they proven they have the mental fortitude to go deep in Europe. Mm-hmm. I, really think if, I really think they can uh, they can steal something away because while they're not, they aren't doing the best t- currently in terms of league form, neither are Juventus. Yeah. So, you know, it's a toss-up for me. All righty. So... Maurizio, on the next topic, Inter, Liverpool. I'm going to go with you first. What, what, what are you thinking? See, I'm insulted that you even asked me this. <laughs> See, like, I, I already put it down on the document. I didn't put Maurizio, Liverpool. I just wanted to hear his thoughts. I just wanted to hear his thoughts. Just... <laughs> yeah, there's no way he's not going to take it. I've of said this literally in the beginning of the podcast. Liverpool are winning the thing. Um, it's, just, it's just a fact that we all have to live with and enjoy. You know, I'm sorry, guys. You know. Mohamed Salah is playing like a man possessed this season. Yeah. Everyone's pulling their weight. Henderson in the midfield, solid leader. Fabinho, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. He does not get nearly the credit he deserves. When he's playing, he makes everything just tick. It looks so effortless, but you can see the difference when he's not there. Thiago, mm-hmm. absolute magician on the ball. Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, Andrew Robertson on the on the wing back. Even Simicast has been really good this season. Uh, Virgil van Dijk in the back. Uh, there's just quality all over this team. They have been, they have gone far. They've won, they've won it before. They know what it takes to win. I really feel like they're just gonna take it, but just take this tie by the bootstraps. You know, we already went to the San Siro and and uh, this year in the in the group stages and and won there comfortably. So you know, yeah, I Run think it back. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, no disrespect to Inter Milan, they have really solid pieces in the team, but. Yeah, you don't got the juice like that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I also think Liverpool are gonna take this. I just don't think Jeco, Correa, or Martinez could hang with uh, with uh, you know Van Dyke, Gomez, Matip, all the above. Like there, I think Liverpool. I think it's gonna be easy for them. Um, but to be fair, you know Inter are 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 right now at the we top of the we can't, top we of the can't league. Not knock Inter. So well, it's know? it's not. I don't think it's gonna be like an an outright easy victory. But I do think Liverpool will, will edge it because Salah is just on something else right now, some other type of form. So, yeah. Julian, you're muted. A part of me, a part of me has a feeling. Please say it. Yeah, just to, oh, just no. to, I'm not trying to be different. But... Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, nah, okay, on, on, <laughs> on a serious note, though, I do want to say, and I do want do to point out... Um, Anything can happen. You know what? 
as much as a part of me just be like, just say it in Milan, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I'm not ridiculous. I'm not speaking <laughs> out of my hoo ha. So uh, yeah, I think Liverpool takes it in this tie. Uh, and the main reason why I said, I think it would be a lot closer if it wasn't for the insane form that we're currently seeing from Mohamed Salah. Mm-hmm. Salah has been exceptional. And as you mentioned, I don't think there's anyone on Inter that can go one for one with. And to finish it off, Mahir. Has to be Liverpool. There's no way they're going to, you know, you got to be serious if you think it is going to win it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's no way you know, <laughs> Liverpool. I'd assume that's your alarm when you wake up in the morning. Sadio <laughs> <laughs> Mane is the best, best player in the world. In the world. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Bro, that, that video is... I still use them. Legendary. <laughs> Most quotable video I think I, I use in my life now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Liverpool agreed all across the board. And finally, to wrap it up, probably I'd say the biggest matchup in this round of 16, Real Madrid, PSG, going to be huge. Two big, huge clubs. Messi against the team that has always, you know, shown the, the worst against or the, the best against him. Um, but now he's with a different club. PSG, Real Madrid. I'm going to go Real Madrid on this one. I, 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 I kind of hope for the sake of, of, of you know, how, how starstruck PSG is and, and all the talent that they have. I just don't think they can hand the true form and the true powerhouse of Real Madrid right now. Like we were talking about Vinicius, Benzema, Modric still going on at his age, Cruz even contributing, and Casemiro, we, I don't even think we mentioned. They're a great team. I think it's going to be obviously quite a battle. It's going to be definitely the game to watch out of all of these, but I'm going to go with Real Madrid. I think they're going to take it home. You know what, Rania, if you're listening to this, you know I really like this Real Madrid team. However, I, if, if PSG doesn't make it through, I can see them not making it through, but you know they, they really need to go through for their own sake because they need to. Um, they cannot afford another early exit from the Champions League. But I really do think, yeah, Messi's not had the best season. But in these big situations, I can't really count against Lionel Messi at all. So, got to be honest, I think it's going to be really close. When I could definitely see this. There's no more away goal ruling, right? No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I've, okay, I just wanted to make sure because I was going to say, I think it's going to go to Pens. I think this is going to go to Pens. I think they're going to tie, go to Pens. Mm. I think it's going to go down, come down to that and we'll see how that ends up deciding it. But Real Madrid's been playing very, very well. PSG's been playing really, really well. Um, or PSG has the potential to be insane. So right. we'll see how it ends up turning out. But I don't think I can bank against Messi at this point. Fair enough. Me here? PSG. I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. It's, but I feel like PSG is going to take it home because they have all the pressure on them. You know, as, uh, Madrid too, because they want to prove themselves with the new manager and everything. But I just feel like with, with such a like you know starstruck team Mbappe and Messi are like playing like the best two in the world okay and I think with the likes of Verratti and uh, you know Di Maria I'm not putting on Neymar because I don't I don't think he's going to do anything but with with the such players of such quality I think they have what it takes and of course Messi loves playing against Real Madrid I think he's going to be he's going to prove it like once again why he's the best player in the world and uh, yeah it's going to be a PSG Okay. And Maurizio, the final 
prediction of the podcast. Oh, I will say this. The ramifications of PSG not advancing would be way more serious than if Real Madrid were to go out at this stage. I say that because if you look at the summer window that PSG had, they came into this season with one objective, and that is to win the Champions League. Now you are coming up against European royalty, the team of the Champions League. This is their time to prove it, that they are ready to make that step into becoming European football giants. However, they are not beating Real Madrid. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Modric, who has COVID, we'll see how he comes back from that. Uh, Alaba, uh, Furlan Mendy, they have a team. They are royalty. They have Carlo Ancelotti at the helm. A man, a, a, He's won the Champions League as a player and a manager. He's won it with Real Madrid. He knows what it means to Madrid. They are going to win. The, the form that Benzema is on right now, I don't care if he's got to go in front of Ramos, in front of Marquinhos, whoever. If Ramos is fit. He is ready. So. He's ready to deliver. That's what he does best. I really do think Ramajit are going to win this. All righty. Well, lots of interesting predictions, lots of great details, and a great group stage to round up uh, to go to the next round here. So I guess that's that's all for us today. Thanks, uh, thanks guys, for coming. I appreciate you guys uh, putting in your input. Mahir, welcome to the podcast hopefully see you again soon absolutely and uh yeah for everyone watching thank you very much and uh, we'll catch you next time this has been patrick julian maurizio and me here for the intermission and uh, we'll see you guys next